Hi folks, the watch underscore here from the future to give you a heads up about two major issues with this episode. First off, Kirby fans audio quality is going to be wildly inconsistent because her mic wasn't connected to Audacity, but it was connected to a Discord chat and I happen to have a backup recording of that, so I end up twisting back and forth. Second, we scheduled this recording way too tightly and our friend Random had to leave about an hour into our discussion, but you can barely tell. <laughs> Just kidding, Random. We hope you still enjoy this episode, and we hope you stick around for part 2 where Kirby Fan goes even further into the film, Solo. But for now, cue the music, me in the edit room. <laughs> Welcome to the Pixar Spective, everybody. We're Kirby fan, random bystander here, and the Wash underscore discuss Pixar films in order of release. And yes, today we have something pretty amazing right next. Yeah, yeah. cars. (laughs) Yeah, oh. (laughs) Let's drive past that movie for now and focus on Incredibles. No, we gotta go backwards like a meter. That's 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 a a winner of a joke. <laughs> only only Cars fans will get this reference. <laughs> so today we're talking about the Incredible. Yes. We're Are, you about sure? two- <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? Are you sure? So this is 2004. Yes. This is the sixth uh, film in the uh, Pixar library. Six oh movies. God. Yikes. Yeah. Hit after hit after hit from these guys. Yeah, we're, and the we're hits making, still keep coming. We're making we're making a lot of progress. Um, yeah, and so, so is Pixar at this point. So I guess this is the point where we have to where we start talking about like what our memories with this. And given that this <sighs> is the Incredibles, and for once I, I am absolutely one hundred percent going to bite the bullet. I am going to go first. Ooh, oh, you're gonna go first. Gonna, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go first. This, okay. this is important. So I had. We are recording this on April Fool's Day, so I had this whole speech prepared about how much I hated the movie. <laughs> but uh, you watched if, it. Again. If you know me, if you know, if you don't know me, you probably know from the last episode. But especially if you know me, this is not only my favorite Pixar film of all time. This is my favorite film of all time. Going into this, I was super excited, but believe it or not, my history with the film is pretty minimal. I saw it when it came out, and I loved it. And then I didn't see it for years. And then I saw it a bunch of times with Random and Wash. Yep. And I had, this is actually my first time seeing the movie by myself since oh. the first time I saw it. Ooh. Wow. And uh, to say I like it a lot more than I used to would be an understatement. And it was already <laughs> my favorite film. <laughs> you liked it a lot more now that we stopped, like, screaming over it. Yeah. <laughs> I could just appreciate everything and have to worry about my friends. <laughs> and you could watch it. You could watch an hour and a half movie for two and a half hours. Yeah, yeah. It took me two and a half hours to get through the movie because oh I was God. just so busy note taking, laughing, thinking about how great it was, grabbing screenshots. Just, just every yeah. Cat, I, I took so many screenshots. <laughs> so, needless to say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be, uh, I'm gonna have a very runny mouth today. I I have five pages worth of notes. Holy shit! Censor. How many words is this? Hold on. You one of you start. I'm gonna see how many words of notes I have saved. Um. Uh, let's I'll go. go. Okay, Unless you yes, want to go. go. Okay, I'll go. Oh my god! I have about one thousand eight hundred words worth of notes. <laughs> <laughs> one thousand words. One thousand eight hundred. Hold on. Sorry. But, but this is because that's the thing. Like like notes are usually like like. Like my notes are usually like a like a short phrase or a quote, and you have a thousand words of that. You could it's write closer, a paper. It's closer to two thousand. I hope you know. You could write a paper about the Incredibles. I'm surprised if you haven't already. I did. 
I okay, did. good. Oh, did you? I wrote, I've written a that, paper about... I feel about, like that's something um, you can talk about with your experience with the film. Yeah. Well, I forgot until now. Most of the papers that I write are about gaming and cartoons, not movies. But anyways, enough about me. Who was going to go next? Me. Okay. Um, You're up, Rando. I... Yeah. For, I don't think I saw this movie in theaters, and I don't think I... I don't remember seeing it until watching it with you guys. So... I'm pretty sure I did. Maybe it was just on cable, or maybe my mom brought it. Or no, oh no, no, I actually rented it on like Hollywood videos. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back yeah, in the 2000s. That... <laughs> I um, remember the first time we attempted a rankings list. You put it really low. Yeah, because I don't know. I just wasn't a fan of superhero movies at the time. It was just like, oh, it's a superhero movie. I'm not gonna like it. That's really hilarious. Considering you're like you're, you're the only person. I'm a big Marvel fan now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I still need to see Captain Marvel though. But, but that's besides the point. The, the number of, of Marvel films I've seen, I can count on one hand. <laughs> Meanwhile, I've seen almost all of them. And you were the guy that didn't like superhero movies. And meanwhile, I never liked superhero movies. (laughs) But I remember watching Incredibles very recent, like, before this. um, And I was like, you know what? This is pretty good. It's like, there's a lot of... It's not just a superhero movie. It's a good family movie. The plot's really good and stuff. And it was ranked higher, obviously. Mm. And then... It's really interesting watching this again, especially after seeing Incredibles 2. Mm. Yes, yes. But that's a whole other discussion. (laughs) I try not to bring up the sequels when we talk about this, and I'm probably not going to bring up Incredibles 2, but I was thinking a lot about it while watching this movie. Especially the ending. (laughs) (laughs) The Underminer! (laughs) We'll get to him and uh, his classy voice actor. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I, absolutely. I, I, I swear I've heard him before. I really like The Incredibles. I wouldn't call it my favorite movie. I don't think I would even call it my favorite Pixar movie. We'll get to that. Um, but, um, I mean, I still like Incredibles, but it's not my favorite, but it's still one of the best. Mm. But we'll get to more discussion with yeah. that later. And now, the moment you've all been waiting for. The wash. It's the first time I've watched it. Yeah, I know. I keep telling you to watch it. You finally had to watch it. Yeah. Every yeah. time I told you to watch it, you said the same thing. I don't, I'm not going to like Lightning McQueen. I'm not going to like Lightning McQueen. No. Yeah, exactly. And it's just like... Yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so hey. let's go off with the... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it feels kind of stupid to walk back, but I kind of have to because of the format. <laughs> So, my experience is, I don't recall watching this in the theaters, but I swear, I want to say I saw a DVD copy of this film at a CVS. Yeah, I definitely remember, like, like really, really enjoying this when I, when I started watching it and getting really uh, super into it. Um, and then you met me. Yeah, and then I'm and then I'm at you two. And okay, here here's here's something I can add about uh, my experience with it. The moment I I pressed play, my brain did this thing where it said, "Remember that Nickelodeon show, The Exes?" I actually I actually don't. <laughs> I don't either. Okay, it was a, it was a Nicktoon show. It came out in two thousand five. It lasted one season. It was about a, a family of spies. Father, mother, teenage daughter, younger brother, uh, that that are a, a family that has to that are trying to fit in as spies, and they have the same and they use like a '70s style that is very reminiscent of like the end credits of The Incredibles, and when this came out, everybody was comparing it to The Incredibles, and then it disappeared, and uh, nobody nobody talks about it anymore, except me. On this podcast <laughs> for Pixar, the first time you've bought it up since it got canceled. Yeah, that's true. That's very true. But uh, yeah, that was a, that was kind of a chakra to, to suddenly uh, recall that. So first off, uh, who will do the synopsis? I think <clears throat> Kirby fan. We we literally promised this like last episode that you were going to do the synopsis. Oh, did yeah. I? Did we? Did we? Yeah. 
I didn't know we promised it, but I was going to do it anyway. I, I wasn't going to stop you. You should have just, yeah, you should have just automatically I should have just said, in a world where superheroes are superheroes. The Incredibles is a movie that takes place in a universe where superheroes exist. They live among people, and they have their secret identities, just like your average superheroes, and they do superhero work. And the superheroes typically enjoy what they do, but there comes a point where people start to wonder if they even need superheroes. Someone who attempts to commit suicide sues the superhero that saved him because he didn't want to be saved. To quote the movie, you didn't save my life, you ruined my death. Jesus. And things things get to a big, a, a big tension point to the point where superheroes, by law, are demanded to just be normal members of society to be in hiding. One superhero, Mr. Incredible, or as we know him, Bob Parr, is very not satisfied with this. He goes behind his family's back to do superhero work undercover with best side character ever, Frozone. Uh, at some point, Bob is contacted by a mysterious woman named Mirage saying that she has superhero work for him. So he goes undercover to an island in order to do the superhero work, and he's getting paid much more than he was getting paid at his other job, which he just got fired from for punching his boss, who is Rex, by the way, and it's so funny. But anyway. Not, no, not punch. Throw. Throw. You are correct. Choke and throw at, honestly. Yeah, choked him, hurled him, said, uh-oh. <laughs> so now he has this undercover job, but maybe, just maybe, not all is as good as it seems. And that is a basic plot synopsis for a lot of the Incredible. Yes. Also, there's a lot of action, and it's very exciting. Oh, a lot. Very well action. choreographed. I'm getting oh, ahead yeah. of myself. Well, yeah, yeah. And, and of course, it's like, it is uh, Bob's story, but it is uh, also a story about a family. Yes. It is not a only Bob's story. A family picture. <laughs> Ironically, this is probably the one least suited for the entire family out of pretty much their entire library. Pixar's, I mean. Well, yeah. at, at this point, this this has been the this would be the the least appropriate. Yeah, uh, and I, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this right off the bat since we're bringing this up. So the year is 1999. Ooh, Brad Bird just came out with this film, Iron Giant. Yes. Yes, great movie. Great movie. Fantastic film. And did we watch it together at one point? Yes, yes, we did. Okay, good. Yes, we did. Uh, Warner Brothers Animation totally dropped the ball in terms of marketing, screwed up so badly, and it was only when the reviews came out that they were like, "Oh fuck, what have we done?" But <laughs> but they lost it. They lost a lot of money, and they didn't think that animation was worth it, especially two D animation. Brad Bird wanted to make a superhero movie. And as he was getting older, he wanted to make a superhero film about family. He was going to make it as a 2D cell animation, but that didn't work out. So he sent it over to Pixar and he pitched it to Pixar and they said, yes, let's go with it. He brought in a whole bunch of his crew from the Iron Giant, uh, some of whom still work at uh, Pixar, I do believe. He was talking with his animation supervisor, Tony Fisio, however you pronounce that. <laughs> and... They were, they were talking about um, trying to get into CGI because they've been used to 2D animation and cell animation. And they said, okay, let's talk about what we really like about Pixar. And then let's talk about what we wish Pixar films could do. And so this, this whole film, I got to appreciate this a whole lot more once I consider that this film is essentially Brad Bird's challenge to Pixar. <laughs> this was him trying to say, let's do something totally radical. Because <laughs> yes. And you can yeah. even. It's noticeable, even to a. To a, a casual viewer, if they're going to watch these movies in the way that we are, it's noticeable immediately in that the, the humans in this movie actually look really good. Yeah. They do. I, absolutely. I, I really like how stylized the, the character designs are. Like they, you know what I really appreciate about this? Right now, as of 2019, we live in an era where animators for all different kinds of mediums have a really hard time giving women distinct faces because it's hard or something. Yeah. But, <laughs> but look at this movie that came out in 2004 was, quote unquote, I, I think so at least, and a lot of people agree, the first movie to pull off a lot of, uh, the first CG movie to consistently pull off human characters and make them look normal and good and all that. And the female characters are all distinct just by looking at them. Yeah. 
Absolutely. They have unique faces, and I can't believe people are saying that it's hard. <laughs> it's so stupid. It's so it is. It stupid is. When people make that dumb excuse, I'm looking at you, Disney. Disney, absolutely. Disney, Ubisoft, yada yada. Oh God, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's for a whole different podcast. Anyway, yeah. The, the, yeah, this was just a challenge in every direction. The, I, I have another uh, quote here from uh, from one of the uh, technical directors. The hardest thing about The Incredibles was there wasn't there was no hardest thing. We've got it all: fire, water, air, smoke, steam, <laughs> explosions, and by the way, humans. <laughs> That's a great quote. Yeah, they just went for for everything. The number of locations quadrupled. It went from like fifty to over two hundred. They were going into these wild directions. They they really weren't so uh, so sure about this. Disney, in fact, was uh, because of because they were having trouble with the with the hair simulation, especially Violet. They uh, were, were like, "Can we please just make this live action?" <laughs> and Brad Bird just wouldn't goddamn have it. He was good. Good. He's, he's got to be pushy with stuff like this. I'm proud of him. He he was so pissed when they were trying to uh, explain to him like what an what an animated film has to have and what it can't do. <laughs> and he he's the guy that will shout at you if you try to say that animation is a genre. Good. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, to God, good. Yeah, uh, there's so much more to talk to the to talk about with the with with the background of it, but let's let's just go straight for it. Let's just start start talking about the the characters and let's start off. They're all great. They're no, all no, great. I I don't think there is there's a dud among them. Um, I actually will be the one to say, of all people. I will. She's not a dud, but if there is any character in this movie that I would say, oh, all right, she could use improvements, it would be Mirage. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah, 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 okay. I <laughs> I was getting kind of frustrated with Mirage towards the... Fast-forwarding quite a lot into the, to the film, uh, there, there's a point where Mr. Incredible grabs onto Mirage and threatens to, to crush her while, while Syndrome washes. Syndrome mm-hmm. calls his bluff, and then right after that, Mirage is, is saying, like, Oh god, what did she say? She said, um... He's not weak, you know. <laughs> that scene that, uh, is, is really funny, actually, because there's, like, this long zoom-in to where they are, and then she says, he's not weak, you know, and Syndrome goes, huh? <laughs> Just... Value. The context is that she brings it up out of the blue, and Syndrome has no idea what she's talking about. <laughs> Value in life is not weakness. That was what she said. And it's pretty damn late to be saying that, considering yeah. all you've been uh-huh. complacent to. Exactly. She it, was totally okay with Mr. Incredible dying. It wasn't until children were involved that she second that she stopped. We've literally she's really like complacent to. I'm just gonna say it: a genocide of superheroes. Yeah. And yeah. and and Mirage is yeah. That was. Uh, does he have like a de- like a like a ah oh, super or bad? Wait, kids, humans. <laughs> is, is that what it is? I can only assume. Maybe. I mean, for for what it's worth, you could make the case that she she didn't really realize the value of life until her own was in jeopardy, and when she saw that syndrome was completely willing to call his bluff and risk her life, mm-hmm. kind of realized that, you know, oops, I messed up. This, this has to be, like, like years in the making. Yeah. Again, like I said, she's the one, not dud, but the one that I, I could see easy room for improvement in. But we don't know enough about her. If we knew how she came into contact with Syndrome, maybe things would be different, but we don't know. We also don't yeah. know, like, her... It's kind of vague whether or not they're actually a couple. I can't really tell if they if it's supposed to be, like, a, like a that they're a couple of their just employees, especially like that scene that we're talking about, which he says like uh, value in life is not not weakness. Like syndrome starts like coming on to like he seems ready to start kissing Mirage, and then um, Mirage pushes him back. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just I'm, it's kind of vague like what the what the angle is. It's it's conf- especially confusing to me because everything else in this movie is so meticulously well explained. 
just have this one thing that they leave out is a little confusing. But I, I really, I really like otherwise how good of a job that they do just showing things with the world building and the characters and location and everything. They do a really good job, especially in the opening act. Like the, the, the middle wasn't flawless, but it was a nine and a half out of 10 instead of a 10 out of 10. Yeah. But the opening act of the movie leading up to where Mr. Incredible goes to the island, everything happens for a reason. There is no time that is wasted. Oh, Either yeah. characters are developing, characters are being introduced, things about the world are being explained, things about the family are being explained. There's, there's no wasted time. You see personalities. Yes, there's no way. Even, even in every other movie, throwaway characters like a teacher wind up being some of the best parts of the movie. I don't know. I don't know how he does it. He, but, but, but there's no attack on my stool before he moves, and after he moves, there's attack. Coincidence? I think not! The, the teacher, by the way, voiced by Lou Romano, who would later voice Linguini in Ratatouille. Oh, oh wow. I thought he sounded familiar. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I, love, I love that part when um, he's trying to convince everybody that Dash put the thumbtacks on his seat. The principal is really uncomfortable with the whole thing. He tries saying, Bernie, and he goes, don't Bernie me. <laughs> You're, you and your son can go home now. <laughs> he's guilty, I, I, I tell you, he's like pounding the chair on the ground, screaming guilty, he's jumping around. I know I mentioned it before, but there are just so many memorable side characters. We might as well, should, should we bring up Frozone now, or should we get through a lot of the less We still haven't ones? even talked about the family yet. The, the, family, is a really, the family is a really important part of the movie, and I kind of want to wait to get to them before the rest of the world. There are, there are a lot of other fun side characters, too. There's, uh, there's Frank and Ollie... The, the the animators at the end that say no school like the old school. There's them. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad you actually researched who they were. <laughs> yes, yes. I I did some research this time. I wonder why. <laughs> oh my god, I never learned learn, uh, knew her name. Uh, Kari the babysitter. Kari the babysitter. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, <laughs> she was so funny too. Like her mention of uh, cause she, she's talking talking about like Beethoven. It's like everybody knows Mozart is baby smarter, and it's it's. That was a thing back then, wasn't it? Yeah, like the, it, it was. was. In the early 2000s, like Baby Einstein and stuff like that, everybody thought that like that was going to uh, make babies smarter. Why didn't my parents ever put Mozart on for me when I was a baby? Because <laughs> half the time, I don't even know what anyone's talking about. <laughs> I love at the end of the movie when she's trying to call Helen because Jack-Jack's his powers are going off and everything. I love any kind of dialogue, actually spoken, whatever, where a character just becomes more and more panicked as time goes on. And, and then you never see with, the panic. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, the replacement babysitter's here. <laughs> and that leads to plot development, and the stakes are like, wait, oh, no. Since, since we're talking about Syndrome, though, let's bring up Syndrome. He's what, pro- probably the one of the best Pixar villains of all time. Yeah, I agree. Really, really nerdy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, J- Jason Lee um, did a great job with the voice. <laughs> yeah, nerdy, who has a great personality, vengeful, has a great motivation. And then you had to just go and ruin the ride. I mean, Mr. Incredible calling for help? Help me, help me. Lame, 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 lame. <laughs> Doing that, I was thinking he should have his own YouTube channel where he just talks yes. about like nerdy comic books. Hi, I'm <laughs> Syndrome here, and I'm here to talk to you about nerdy superhero things. <laughs> really, really, really well acted. Really funny, very expressive. The way he moved around his hands was really funny. I like that a lot. The scene you were talking about, where he's saying lame, 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 and all that. His hands, you know, he dropped his hands down and was shaking them around like some kind of wimp. Really funny. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he, he's he's a monster. He's just oh yeah, he's a nerd. He's nerdy, and we laugh at him and stuff. Terrible what? person. Yeah. Horrifying. Like he's he's responsible for the death of millions of people, or like not millions, but a de- yeah. or like a hundred people. Yeah, uh, untold damage to the city, uh, all, all because he was greedy and he wanted to be someone's sidekick, and he turned him down, and he was just so bitter and angry. What I what I love about that scene is um, when when he has the flashback to uh, Mr. Incredible saying, "Fly home, buddy. I work alone." In his memory, there is no bomb voyage. 
<laughs> yeah. I love how that sort of selective memory where he doesn't remember why Mr. Incredible was so fucking upset with him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, because that's not what mattered to him. What mattered to him is that person he looked up to turned him down for a very valid reason <laughs> although it wasn't valid in his mind no exactly no. yeah that's what's so scary is that even if you know you have a perfectly valid reason for turning someone down in their mind they they, they don't understand why because they're just so obsessed when i was uh watching that i suddenly had like like a youtube poop moment where he's like all i wanted was to help you i only wanted to help and what did you say to me <laughs> make make that a reality. <laughs> well, gotta make you two poops now. Time to throw away my education. Exactly. I gotta bring up this quote. Well, two quotes actually. One that's more funny, and one that's like a core motivation for syndrome. Uh, one is they keep. Re- I love how they keep referencing being an actor. I keep. I love how they keep calling like when villains like say their entire plot monologuing. Monologue. You got me monologuing. <laughs> you slad dog. I can't believe it. It's just really fun because like you do see Syndrome doing that, and you notice like yeah, it's like when um Frozone and Bob are talking in the car. You know he's he's got me. He's got me, and you know what he does? He starts monologuing. He, he starts, starts monologuing. <laughs> I just love that term a lot. Yeah. And I, I'm going to butcher the quote, but it's basically somewhere in the film, like, he's explaining his plan. He's like, and then when I get old, I'll give away all my stuff, and then everyone can be supers. And when everybody's super, no one will be. Thing is, I'll give him this much. He's got a lifelong plan. Taking that plan on its own is spiteful, but it is still for the greater good, because it's, like, giving these powers to the people would do quite a lot of help for society but syndrome fucked up well i I mean yeah syndrome like completely fucked up because he was he has a a gigantic ego he thought he could best the robot that he literally designed defeat any opponent including himself and he didn't think that through in fact he got knocked down like 30 seconds into the the robot fight yeah exactly one thing went right and then everything started going wrong (laughs) (laughs) And then he just got knocked down, and then he's he's gone for most of the movie. Yeah, pretty much. Or at least most of the fight scene. Then he wakes up and yeah. sees the Incredibles, and just like, no. No. That's when he flies to their house to steal their baby. And just was like, I will get your son. And I'm like, that's creepy. How did he know that there was... Because until earlier that day, really, he, he only just found out that they even had children. That he even got busy. As he said. <laughs> um, well, he could have just waited to their, be at their house to when they came home and just surprise them. And then seeing the babysitter there, he's like, oh, hello. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Uh, in the, yeah in there's the- there's no way he doesn't know where Mr. Incredible lives. There's no way he doesn't know. Oh, yeah, that's, that's fair, too. Yeah. Thing is, like, a lot of this would, would go into the, to the Pixar short, Jack Jack Attack. And I haven't watched that short in quite a while, so I can't really say much about it. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't watch it either. Yeah, yeah, it would probably be relevant because it is canon, thing is. Yeah, yes it is. But yeah, Syndrome, great villain. If Arguably. we're gonna talk about if we're gonna talk about Syndrome, I think we should talk about the way he goes. Oh. It's set up so beautifully. Yeah. And then it's, pays it's, off so well. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna say it. I think it's more gruesome than Hopper's death. The one yeah. thing a Bugs Life had going for it and uh, it got topped. Yeah. Yeah. Out of all yeah. the Pixar deaths. Mental scarring by toys, uh, eaten by birds, dolled up to death. <laughs> uh, <laughs> what happened to Randall? Getting murdered by <laughs> getting gator. getting beaten by gator haters. <laughs> <laughs> Get the gator! Get the gator! Finding Nemo had some pretty brutal stuff, but he was he was conscious. We saw him clawing at the edge to try to uh, escape the the blades. But because he had a cape, the cape got sucked in, yeah. and then he just yoinks back, and that, that's that's it. Yeah. We don't even see his remains because it just blows up. You know, you know what? I what I especially love, and this is kind of jumping like this. This is gonna t- jump into another character sort of, but I especially love because he loses Jack Jack because Jack, like Jack Jack attacked him, and and he loses it. He goes back into the ship. He he says, "I will get your baby. I will get my revenge." And then Mister Incredible throws the car that Syndrome <laughs> gifted him for this. He said, and just, yes. he said, it was just like here's a return. 
Motherfucker. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> That's a great detail. Yeah, yeah, I really love that. The moment you've all been waiting for, I guess, if we're talking about Syndrome's cape, gotta talk about Edna. Oh I my know, god. Darling, I know. So hilarious. Voiced by Brad Bird. Voiced by Brad Bird. Voiced by Bird, which is incredible. I love that. It almost wasn't gonna be voiced by Brad Bird. He they he was actually like a he was actually a last resort. Can you even believe that? They tried they tried to cast like so many different uh, actresses. Nobody could really bite. And then they were like, well, thing is Brad Bird did a pretty good job anyway. So we're just gonna <laughs> we're just gonna give it to him. <laughs> I mean, we already had uh, uh, Andrew Stanton uh, voicing the uh, crush, crush in the last film, so why not? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Thing. I know, darling. I know. I love how much of a fast talker she is. Just everything's about her. <laughs> I love characters like this. this but she's not. Up. She's not obnoxious because one, she never goes too far overboard, mm. but at the same time, she's like always going overboard, and it's hilarious. But more importantly, yeah. she's actually good at her job. I, I'm better than you at everything, darling. Kind of character. <laughs> I'm better than you at everything, but I will help you, darling, and help you get better. <laughs> I used to work for God. <laughs> I love, I love the scene when Helen calls Edna to see if she knows anything about Bob. And she's trying to say that she's Helen, and Edna's like, Helen who? And she says, she mumbles super quietly, Elastigirl. Dolly! Edna freaks. Helen is, she jumps, almost drops the phone, has to pick it up. <laughs> uh, as I was uh, researching into this, he really wanted to get, like, he really wanted uh, Pixar to get back into, like, the core of animation. Like, I'm not going to uh, fudge up the name, but, uh, uh what what was the name of those two you were talking about? Frank and Ollie. Like Frank and Ollie, yeah. There there's veterans of, of animation. Just go back to the to the uh, simple sort of like stressiness and squishiness and like fast sort of. You can you can very much tell that he used to work for for Warner Brothers because there are a lot of scenes that are that are uh, reminiscent of like a Looney Tunes bit. There's a lot of um oh what, what's the technique called uh, stretch and squish or something like that. Stress and squ- uh, uh stress and squash something like that. Stretch and uh, squash yeah 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 stretch and squash something along those lines. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of that in this movie, especially when Edna is telling Bob about no capes. There's a lot of that. Oh my yeah. god! When the superheroes are getting sucked, uh, their capes are killing them. There is a lot of that. <laughs> so morbid. It's so you see, brutal. You see stretch and squash and slapstick. It's used for humor. And, you no, know, I mean, I guess this is also slapstick humor, but they're dying. <laughs> like you were saying, like, she had this sort of a holier-than-thou sort of approach. And it also means that, like, <laughs> it takes a very long time for Helen and Edna to have the same conversation. <laughs> <laughs> because, because she can't, she it's like, she, she uh, like like Helen was trying to explain like she doesn't know what she's talking about and said, "You're right, words are useless." Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. <laughs> I must show you what I mean. <laughs> it's like they're still not on the same level. And then once, once once like the once the baby comes in, the the little robot baby. That was when Helen was like, oh, fuck, what did I get myself into? <laughs> when the baby crawls on, and then the first thing is the giant pillar of flames, and then the guns come out and they start shooting at it. <laughs> One of the features that Edna added to the new superhero outfits was the ability to use a washer machine to wash them. Machine washable is very good benefits. That bleeds like a gypsum cotton. <laughs> <laughs> or when Helen is crying because she finds out that Bob lied to her. <laughs> oh my god, that scene is amazing. Edna looks so disinterested, but when the tissues start piling up, she has like this roll of newspaper that she uses to just kind of push the tissues away so she doesn't have to touch them. I What oh, I lo- love about that is it is, this is kind of... I mean, it's, it is a good reason that it's funny, but I've always loved... Uh, doing when when she's like, "What are you talking about? You are Elastigirl!" My God, <laughs> just like that line, together. just like <laughs> she just starts smacking every time. <laughs> My God, <laughs> uh, uh, so many good side. This you could, we could, I'm glad we gave the side characters the attention they deserve because they really they deserve do. it. Oh, 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 uh, you you barely mentioned him, Mr. Huff. 
AKA Wax. Wallace Shawn. Oh yeah, yes. He's only I, in two scenes. I, I I was so I was so into calling him Boss Rex that I forgot his name. <laughs> his his second scene, uh, when he having the 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 speech with uh with Bob, I love how they, because it's such a methodical speech and it's it's just like he's <laughs> yeah. so, just saying all these it's cliches. Like- a company is like an enormous clock. Is like an enormous cl- Yes, precisely. <laughs> and you can and you can see that uh, that Bob is just like staring at all these like tiny details, like like Mr. Huff shifting yes. the paper a tiny bit, or like the movement his- of his hands while he's going on this speech. <laughs> or, or like when when. <laughs> One one bot when he's he's setting up these pencils to uh to line up perfectly with his uh deck calendar and then Bob uh sits down one of them like rolls slight slight bit and he has to like set it back on the line. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's, it's it's awesome. It's so good. But let's 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 talk about the heart of the movie now. Use the remainder of the time to talk about them. Uh, the family. Yeah. Frozone by extension. We can start with him if you'd like. But uh, I I love Frozone. Best side character, him or yeah. Anna, best side character. I'm leaning towards Frozone, but and no, and no wins for me. But Frozone's still great. It's Samuel L. Jackson. He's he's just so naturally funny. Yeah. You can't run on ice. I thought you can use the water in the air. There is no water in this air. What's your excuse? Run out of muscle? I can't just go smashing through walls. The building's getting weaker by the second. It's gonna come down on top of it. I wanted to go bowling. <laughs> <laughs> they're, 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 they're in a burning house, and all Frozone's yelling about is how they want to go bowling. When the cops almost catch them and they run away. No, 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 not when they're running away. When the cops first catch them and they're inside the building. Frozone says, they're gonna think we're the bad guys. Incompetent bad guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, and uh, of course, there's the classic line. Honey, where's, where's my, my super, suit? super suit? It's so good is that there's even like a vine that's <laughs> It's just a guy just just reenacting that entire scene. <laughs> yep. Yes. 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 It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's a highlight of the whole movie. It's, it really, it really is a highlight. They they showed in the trailers. Yeah, I remember. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they, it works so damn well. Like there's all this, there's all this destruction out there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why do you need to know? <laughs> I've been ready for this dinner for two months. <laughs> okay. I think yeah. I think I think we're ready to talk about the family. Yeah, let, let's take it from the top. Let's let's uh, let's talk about Bob. Oh God, what a what a character! His struggle—it's a struggle. It's very relatable to a midlife crisis almost. In his glory days, he was a superhero and he loved what he did. The one detail that I really like is that he's not just a superhero who does it for the fame and the fortune. You know, there's there there's there's a police chase going on and he still takes the time to stop to help an old lady get her cat off a tree funny scene really funny scene <laughs> no no he's quite tame it's one of those things that's really nice to see that you know yes he does just love what he does he loves helping people mm. yeah and he gets that taken away from him and even at his at his job a job where you're supposed to not help people pretty much that's yeah. that's what their boss that's what boss rex says he's still He's helping people because that's what he does. That's what he loves to do. And when he gets taken away from him and he just want he just wants to relive his glory days. He just wants to be able to help people again. And that's that's yeah. a great deep human struggle. Yeah, and, and the, the the system is just not gonna let him. No, he has that he has that conversation with Rick later and it just what it all boils down to is that the more he does stuff like this, the more the more money of innocent taxpayers is going to be spent trying to fix everything. Yeah, absolutely. It, it can't keep happening. The glory days are over. God bless uh, Bud Lucky, the voice of uh, yeah. Rick Dicker. Rest, yeah. rest yeah. in peace. Absolutely. I fully agree. Yeah. Rest in peace. He really does want to help, but he's just so pissed with Bob. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bob, yeah. Bob cares about his family, too. He only wants what's best for them. When yeah. when Rick helps when offers to help relocate, Bob says that they all just settle down. And he can't do that to them. But what I really liked is that Helen says that they had been there for three years. So it's not that they just settled down, but Helen had called him uh, the day before, I believe, to say that she finally finished unpacking and now they're officially moved in. Yeah. And he was at work helping the old lady. And he was like, you know, oh, that's nice, honey. But he still remembered it. That was the reason why he didn't let them relocate because they had finally, everyone had finally settled down and he didn't want to blow it. 
he cares about his family, but he also cares about the glory days, about helping other people. That night before, he and Ellen were having uh, were having a fight actually because a big fight, yeah, a yeah. very big fight. And and what I lo- what I really enjoy about this this fight is that you could kind of you could kind of go on either side. Bob is absolutely right in saying that mediocrity is celebrated, but as soon as someone excels, they get punished for it. But at the same time, Helen is absolutely correct in saying that there's nothing wrong with just wanting to lead a normal life with a family. Yeah, and uh, you're, I'm, he's, I'm, because I'm you're so obsessed with your glory days, you're missing out on Dash's graduation. Yeah, you're missing absolutely. out on your family. That's why I'm kind of leaning on Helen's side because yeah, because she she she's just what I said. It's not about you. It's about Dash. It's it's about the yeah. family, and he's so like mentally exhausted that it's it, it it's he suffers as he ends up suffering as a father, and he's just not very yeah. present. Exactly. The, the dinner th- that they that they have. Oh my uh, god, that was incredible! That whole scene. Oh man. You can just see like how how passive he is, and how like how much he's just going through the motions when he's cutting the steak for her Dash, and he just keeps cutting cutting the steak. I got sent to the principal's office. Oh, that's good. <laughs> he's, he just—he doesn't <laughs> care. He's so tired. Yeah, yeah. He—he just—he just—it's—it's it's gone to habits at this point. When he gets the chance to relive his glory days, even though it's a trap, he—he's happy to do so. And yeah, he's and he starts—he forward... starts being with his family again. It's a good yeah. thing. Yeah, because as it turns out, having like having a job that doesn't suck makes you feel better. He starts being more playful with Helen. He starts playing with Dash, being there for Violet. Even he's even feeding food to Jack Jack. He's involved with his family. Absolutely. Like He's happy. Because of his new quote job, he has the time for it, but like he's going he's going out each day and just working out at the train tracks. Yeah. And just <laughs> I love when he's working out, he's lifting everything. And then he and then he notices that someone's about to come by, so he just drops it, stands on there, waves, you know, like a normal guy, <laughs> and then he like, just goes oh. back to lifting trucks. <laughs> it's a good movie. Oh man, the, when right. when when Bob when Bob go, uh, finds Syndrome's um, the machine where the password is Kronos and everything, and he logs in and he sees the list of superheroes that have been terminated. Just the, oh, the shock God. on his face. The first thing that he thinks to do is look for his wife when he finds out she's safe huge sigh of relief second thing he thinks to do is to look for his best friend like he, he values other people so much the last yeah. thing he thinks to do is to look for himself when at the end of the movie when helen he says that he has to do this alone and helen's yelling at him he just says I, I can't lose you again i'm not strong enough he is a very consistent character throughout the whole movie it's it doesn't so much feel like an evolution as much as it does an extension of what we already had when when he says that and it's just it's everything coming together because yeah, everything absolutely. in the movie comes together it's really good i love how they're having this they're having this uh this argument and on, on helen's side she's trying to understand what bob is trying to do here and on bob's side he's trying to express himself and yeah. he's, he's just I, I i'm not strong enough strong enough what is this a workout to you and it's like is it just a game yeah, it just again, and it, it was like he was trying so hard to to say it, and then it just all came out. I can't use, lose you again, and it's crushing. Like when he when he uh, hears the news that his that his family got uh, shot down in the plane, you hear him sob in the background. Yes, yes. He is you can hear by hear like listening to him sob by looking at him just lower his arms and give up. He he gives up. And not just involving Bob, involving the others too. It, like, uh, oh gosh, Helen. Helen, oh my God, what a good character! I loved her. A great character. I loved Helen. I, I love, I love how much of a no nonsense kind of character that Helen is. When Dash is telling her, you know, oh, I want to compete, I want to be in sports, and she says, well, you know, you're a very competitive boy, and you're show offy. <laughs> She just doesn't hold back. She's just like, can't compete. You're, you're show off. You say you're going to get second, but I know you. It's a really funny scene is when um, Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl are on the on the roof after the she knocked out the, uh, the criminal, the thief, the crook, whatever. And they're arguing about who's going to get the credit for it. And the guy like, slowly gets up and is like, look, dude, the lady got me first. Then she just knocks him out again. <laughs> 
Yeah. Like they know it. They're just playful bantering. And she's like, yeah. listen, this come on. This is like first, dude. <laughs> when her and the kids are going through the island, she's experienced. She's collected. Her her kids are freaking out, and she's like, listen, this is what we're gonna do. This is what you. These are the the ground rules here. This is what you have to realize. These are not the the bad guys you see on TV. They will shoot you at the at the first sight. It hits hard in a way no Pixar movie really has before either, because it's never like flat out said. Look, yes. th- you will these. They will not hesitate to kill you. They won't exercise restraint just because you're children. They will kill you. That is the quote. Like there's no nonsense. Exactly. Yeah. It's like I, I, the, the example I bought up before the no nonsense was really funny, but. In the non-comedic moment, she's she's the same character. It's just it's not funny this time. It's it's real. Yeah, this is real danger. My children are in. I need to make sure they know this. It's like when you see her uh, as as her younger self. Like she she's just like like settle down. Why would I settle down? I'm on the top of my game. Come on. And then like yeah. 15 years later, like they they just kind of like Bob and Ellen actually kind of swap. And now Helen's the one that's like those times happened, and I'm glad they happened. But this is happening now, and I'm glad that I'm glad that I'm here. I'm glad that I have the family that I have. I'm glad to have the husband that I have, and I just I just want to keep that. I thought it was gonna be so stupid when she found out, or when she started suspecting Bob of not actually going to work. When when she thought something was up, I'm thinking, here we go, the misunderstanding, blah blah blah. And then Bob is about to leave. She goes to him, borderline tears. She says, Bob, he's turning around looking outside, like, yeah, whatever. She says, I love you so much. Just, like, almost ready to cry. Like, she just, she cares. She doesn't want to lose him. And it's just like, goddamn, yeah. this works. And it, it also ties into how I was saying before that Bob really cares about his family. When she thinks that he's cheating on her, that's not even on his mind. He's not even thinking about that. He's just so happy to see his family again. They, uh, one of the deluded scenes was that Helen was actually going to flat out say the question, are you having an affair with me? They were actually going to go that far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it really goes to show you the uh, Brad Bird's approach of just trying, l- let's let's do something. Let's, yeah, let's exactly. Really get- yeah, yeah. The scene on the jet, when they were on the jet, the pilot was originally going to be with them. And in the deleted right. scene, the pilot, the pilot died. I believe Helen was actually going to swim because when the, the, the plane crashes into the water, Helen was actually going to swim down to try to rescue the pilot and then you see his corpse. I believe they were actually going to go that far, but I, I, <laughs> I might be wrong. <laughs> this this very this movie very easily could have been PG thirteen. Oh yeah, it could have been. It could have been. Yeah, it that's true. That's really true. Dark. They probably they, they probably had to cut a lot just to just to try to keep it within uh, rating because I believe this was the first time with the with a PG film. Yeah, they got a lot done with the PG rating, along with uh, Bob and Helen being great. I think. What do you think of the children? I think the children are like. Yeah, they're great too. They're great. I, I, I like them. Violet's like in. Like tries to be the older sibling, but very insecure. Yeah, and just a teen uh, of, of the family. I think she's actually the the one that evolved as a character. She's the one who started as mm, shy and timid, and you know by the end of the movie was, was was confident in herself. She had more confidence. The 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 guy that she was so afraid to talk to, she couldn't even keep eye contact with him. By the end of the movie, she was in control of that whole conversation. I, I especially love how the her hair becomes yes. a visual extension of her yes. of her growth. Yes, exactly. Once she starts out, she really looks like the that that monster from the ring. Like she's just like hiding inside uh, this yes. curtain of hair. Yes, and for the majority as, of the movie. And and as the, the as it goes along, and and especially when. When uh, Helen has a heart-to-heart with her, she's saying, like, I'm sorry, I, I really shouldn't have put that much pressure on you. And she's just like, don't panic and don't worry. You'll know what to do when the time is right. And she, she combs her hair behind her ear and that, that becomes her, like, her growth. Like, from that yes. point on, she, be, uh, she becomes a better person. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's not just at the end of the movie when she fully puts her hair back. It's it's something as simple as combing her hair over. That visually is a metaphor for her growth. She eventually uh, pulls it all the way all, all the way back on the on the limo drive back, and she's she's now 
confidence. He sees who he needed to be. Exactly. And that's that's wonderful. And of course, yeah. uh, Dash had his own sort of arc. Yeah, he grew. He, he not 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 quite to the extreme that Violet did, but he he went through a lot too. Yeah, absolutely. He because because Helen was right in a way that he is very cocky. But yeah. what what his what his problem was is that he really needed an outlet, and he just didn't have that, and so he just took it out on his teachers. Yeah, exactly. But if we are gonna talk about his growth, we have to talk about one of the funniest parts of the movie at the very end when he's in the relay when he's in the race. <laughs> no, and, yes, and yes, screaming, keep going. They're screaming at him to get second, and the more and more that they cheer, the more and more the person next to them is just looking at them really uncomfortably. <laughs> no, don't give doing? up. <laughs> I, 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 I like celebrating on the walking back to the parking lot it's like I was trying to figure out what you guys were saying <laughs> yeah <laughs> I know what you were I know what I would what, I know yeah, what you wanted from me gets, he gets second place and they're all saying we're so proud of you <laughs> I, uh, what was gonna? And, and it's funny in that one shot, you like see a bunch of kids, and there's like one kid just laying on the floor, like <laughs> dead. We can since there, there's a fair amount of time left. Uh, I know I really liked it. I know Wash really liked it. I'm hoping Random liked it. Uh, the music. Oh yes, the music is great. The music is wonderful. Oh my gosh, I have so many notes about the music. I have yes. so many notes about the music. The okay. reason I'm being quiet is because I. <laughs> This okay, so the the score this time was done by Michael Giacchino, which is this is the first time that Pixar has done a film uh, scored by someone who's not in the Newman family. Finally, <laughs> about time. <laughs> and, and I found out I, I didn't even know this, but I I, I looked up an interview with uh, with Michael Giacchino in uh, at the time. This was his feature debut. This is his first composition. This is his For first time. This is for, he, before this. He was doing. He was working on video games. He was working for television. He did the uh, the first Call of Duty. He did the the Alias t- television series. Uh, he did Small Soldiers, the video game. Uh, he was just working on a, on a bunch of different st- uh, stuff. And for a while, he thought like, I'm just I'm gonna be stuck making uh, video game soundtracks, and then I'm gonna be stuck making television soundtracks, and then Brad Bird. Gave him a call. The score was originally going to be done by John Barry. John Barry was the composer of the first James Bond movie. And they that wanted... Would have fit. That would have fit really well. They wanted him to do that, the same sort of stuff that he did. But because that was decades ago, and he's already like evolved as a composer, he couldn't really do that stuff anymore. And so they, they, they grabbed this... I mean, he's not a newbie because he's definitely had a lot of experience by now, but just like this fresh first guy and folks at Disney were saying like, but he's just a television guy. And Brad, I'm, I'm quoting uh, Michael Giannis, you know, Brad would say, so what? I was a television guy. Oh, and damn. It's, it's because Brad Bird knows that television, it can be a boot camp for film. Michael Giacchino and Brad Bird have this bonding where they start talking about their favorite sorts of scores and what they want to uh, work with. They want to make music that sounds like James Bond, that sounds like uh, Johnny Quest, and and they uh, oh, oh Pink Panther especially. Ooh. And, and 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 more than that, they didn't want this to sound like a parody of those. They wanted them to sound like their their own grand thing, and it it knocks it out of the park. It is. Gorgeous music. Just- I, I love it. Such oh, good music. So good. I feel bad that I have to go soon because I want to talk about this more, <laughs> but I have, uh, I have to go. Okay. Okay. So I uh, literally, literally, I'm being summoned to like go somewhere. Yeah, I'll be there in five minutes. I promise. Okay. So I guess we can. Okay. So I, I guess. Well, we can, I mean, do you have anything to add before we before we finish up? I think. Uh, Incredibles is amazing. It's wonderful, and I just really, really enjoy it. And I wish I wasn't in a rush to like do this, but I, it's really one of Pixar's greatest accomplishments. And I'm so set. And yeah, I honestly really enjoy it. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm in a rush. And I, 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 I think okay. I might. Uh, Kobe, I think I may have ahead. to leave it now, so you guys can talk about it on your own. But I, I, I gotta go now. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll get to this real quick. Um, random. Where did you put this in your ranking? Your ranking so uh, your, your ranking so far is Finding Nemo, then Toy Story, then Monsters Inc., then Toy Story Two, then A Bug's Life. Uh, it's under Toy Story. 
Under Toy no Story. Question. Why do you say yeah. that? Because Toy Story is just I like the story a bit more. Okay. And nostalgia. All right. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I'm just off. Yes. Uh, thanks so much. All right. I'm sorry. It's a two-person <laughs> one for now. Bye. Bye. <laughs> okay, now he disconnected. Well, I guess it's just the two of us for the rest of this. <laughs> I was gonna announce that I had actually changed my ranking. And then, and, then he, and then he ran away. And then he ran away. But I guess you're the one, you're the one that's gonna receive this, and he's gonna hear about this later on. Yeah, uh, I guess so. I, guess so. I, I think I already know what your ranking is gonna be with this. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll, I'll just get this out of the way because it's pretty obvious. Uh, I love the movie so much, so so much. Everything is not perfect, but it's pretty good. <laughs> it's amazing. I love it. Great. Fantastic. Just every positive thing I could think to say about it, I'll, I'll say about it. Uh, it's innovative. It's funny. It's charming. It's heartfelt. It's expressive. It's so good. So good. Needless to say, Finding Nemo had its time in the sun. I really didn't think it was going to top Toy Story, and then it did. But it's done. Monsters. Monsters. The Incredibles. <laughs> Well, um, well, this was a shocking of a, of a reckon. <laughs> You've actually changed your mind and put Incredibles. You know, thing is, we have it on tape, so you can't take it back. Incredibles is only above a bug's life. <laughs> no. I can't, in good conscience, say it's below that movie, even as a joke. But for the surprise of absolutely nobody, I never won this one. Okay. Okay. Like I said, I changed my ranking on this. I, I, I was especially like going back to the to the tapes and uh, my ranking uh, my ranking previously was a Buzz Life, Toy Story 2, Monster Jink, Finding Nemo, and Toy Story. Yes. And now I decided to swap it up. So from the bottom up is a Buzz Life, then Toy Story 2, then Toy Story, then <gasps> Monsters Inc. Then oh. Finding Nemo. Wow. Oh, you you uh you submitted to peer pressure and put Finding Nemo on top. I submitted to peer pressure, and I started to realize Monsters Inc. had higher highs than Toy Story. Like Toy Story is is like solid, but honestly, I had so much more fun with Monsters Inc. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially like going back into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, as for my ranking. Go, go bottom up again. I want to keep the suspense relatively high. <laughs> also, I want to hear A Bug's Life on the bottom again. Okay, so is this better than A Bug's Life? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, we, we keep making fun of A Bug's Life. I I know you... you um, oh, no, you, no, you no, 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 no. I'm not... I, I'm, I'm in this hole myself. I'm making fun of A Bug's Life. You and Random are fine. <laughs> I'm making fun of A Bug's Life. <laughs> Bug's Life isn't awful. It's just that it's gonna take a while for us to get to get that bong. <laughs> Which is, there's still a lot of great, uh, good stuff about uh, Bug's Life that I've that I've I've grown to appreciate, but it's it suffers a lot from being very mediocre. Is it better yes. than Toy Story Two? Yes, I feel that although Toy Story Two is is very good, it's as I said in the previous episode, it's less than the sum of its parts. It doesn't mm. work well as a cohesive film. There's there's a lot of really great elements to it, but I don't feel like that they that they collaborate well. Is this better than Toy Story? Ooh, this is where things get um, interesting. Yes. <gasps> I think this is I think this is better than uh, Toy Story. I want to make like a Mario reference because like Toy Story is in a lot of ways the the Super Mario Brothers of Pixar. <laughs> yes. Because obviously it's the first, but also it's just, it's solid. It's a very solid film. There's nothing wasted in it. And Incredibles is that, but even better. <laughs> because okay. it's, it's, it's massive. It it you really get a get a sense of its scale. You really get a sense of they quadrupled in the number of locations, and you can feel it. If if it really starts to feel like a huge world, 
Mm-hmm. And and all the characters uh, work wonderfully, and it's it it, it the 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 jokes are in, are great, and the drama is fantastic. Like I I, I honest, like honestly, the the drama in The Incredibles is a lot better than I was re- really expecting. Yeah, is this better than Monsters Inc? Uh oh, here it comes. Yes. <laughs> what? What? A uh, plot twist if I ever saw one. I was not <laughs> expecting this, even though you've told me that this is your opinion <laughs> multiple times in the past. <laughs> Explain. Yes. I yes. want to hear this. I want to hear this. It, it comes down to a couple things. Randall is very weak. <laughs> that's always going to plague Monsters, Inc., yeah. Yeah, that's always going to plague Monsters, Inc. for me. Because, um, and... Some of the side characters are fairly weak, and I'm thinking okay. of things like Celia and just mm-hmm. like yeah, yeah. just just monsters that's kind of just they just kind of show up in the back, mm-hmm. and like they're they're occasionally acknowledged, but they don't feel they don't feel like living breathing people or monsters in this case. Compared to the Incredibles, where compared to the Incredibles, where like a teacher. A teacher that shows up for two minutes has so much to him just by how just by how he how he, he expresses himself, how he talks to the principal of the school he works for. <laughs> they just had so much fun with all these different uh, with all these different characters. And, and, I, and I also feel that this has a stronger plot. Because they're both kind of similar in that they're both about conspiracies. The Incredible works that works with that a lot better, especially because the the world of supers and how normal people react to supers adds a lot to the the sort of the sort of environment, the 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 tensions that you feel. Gosh, it it really just does such a such a good job with that. Yeah. Um, and finally. Finally. Is this here we go. Than... It's been it's it's been fun, Incredibles fans. But <laughs> here we go. Incredibles are Finding Nemo. I think this is better than Finding Nemo. Let's go. Let's go. <laughs> You're so excited about this. Oh my god, I am. Yeah. Oh, I love this movie, dude. Oh man. <laughs> I really love this movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, it just gets better every time I watch it. Oh yes. Okay. All right. Um. I'm sure it was a super close call for you, so if you just want to real quick go over why you think that, then we can wrap it up. I, I, I think it's like they're, they're both very similar in that they're both like incredibly strong story, great, like a huge sort of scale and world. Uh, Incredibles knocks it out of the park with characters. Finding Nemo, I don't like the fish tank. I, I, I find them, I, I find them mostly, eh. They they had a couple they had a couple jokes, but they they felt too much like like one track characters. They don't feel like lived people or fish in this case. <laughs> in this case, <laughs> yeah. So I'm putting this uh, at the top. So Incredibles, Finding Nemo, Monsters Inc., Toy Story, Toy Story Two, A Bug's Life. <laughs> Now I'm gonna, uh, and now this is the part where I'm gonna uh, actually uh, calculate this real quick. And we're back. So I just gone through the calculations here, uh, averaging out all of our lists because we all have our own distinct list. And so uh, going from the averages, from the bottom, we have a Buzz Life at 48 points. Let's go. Followed by Toy Story 2 at 51 points. Then Marked Incorporated at 55 points, Toy Story at 57 points, Finding Nemo at 61 points, and The Incredibles at 61 points. We have a tie for number oh one. God. Between Incredibles and Finding Nemo. Between Incredibles and Finding Nemo. Oh, that's great, that's great. <laughs> so now we have some excitement here. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it's not gonna get resolved next time. That's <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> oh man okay so. i i am gonna have such a hard job next next episode 
<laughs> oh my god, that's right. You're gonna be the one defending this. Yep. You're gonna, gonna... you're gonna be the random of this whole thing. <laughs> yeah, oh god, yeah. Well, well, we were talking about Bugs Life. I'm gonna be in his shoes. <laughs> it all gets all gonna come spiraling back. <laughs> oh, but that's, uh... that's for the next episode. Um, yes, for the next episode, we'll, we'll be talking about cars. Yeah, about cars. But until next time, if, this feels like a completely different show now. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> until next time, I've been The Watch. I'm Random Bystander here. And I'm Kirby Fan. And we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.